Professor Karen Milner is the National Chair of the Jewish Board of Deputies. She is also Associate Professor in Industrial Psychology at Wits University and has a particular interest in anti-Semitism. She was my guest a year ago to talk on the state of the Jewish community, and then she was just new into her position of chairmanship. She joins me now to update me. Professor Karen Milner, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Theresa. Hello to your listeners. Um, Professor Milner, since you've taken chairmanship, have you noticed any trends in the community? So I think that I took over as the national chair only a year ago. So it's only been a year since I've been in the position. Um, but it's certainly been quite an eventful year. And I took over the position, obviously, after a time of massive disruption, both um, obviously for the world, um, for South Africa and for our community itself. So it's hard to talk about trends at a time when, when the world has been, I suppose the best way to describe it is a subject to chaotic forces of change, I think is the best way to describe it. Having said that though, I think that we've also seen some consistency across our community. Um, we've seen a community that despite having been through a really difficult few years, um, has remained pretty resilient, um, has remained incredibly generous, and um, really however many kind of challenges that the world in South Africa seems to throw at us, um, somehow or other we manage to achieve it. One of the things that we are consistent with also is our low anti-Semitism rates. And uh, I remember last year we spoke about the anti-Semitism. Um, we are cons- compared to other countries, and I think here specifically of America, another ADL have just released their report on anti-Semitism, which is quite worrying. I don't know if you'd like to talk a little bit to that, but also to compare the situation there to here. Yeah, I think those ADL, I think the ADL report to start off with in America was very disturbing. And I, I mean, we've known and we've been seeing for a while rise in anti-Semitism. Some of the latest stats coming out, in fact, are showing again a very slight drop again. But I think what's most worrying around the ADL report, particularly in America, is how anti-Semitism has been rising in America. And I, I know we're not speaking about America now, but I'm not sure. I, I think there's something. America has always been seen as a particularly safe haven for Jews. Um, and I, I don't know if people who don't follow anti-Semitism as closely perhaps as, as we do are aware of the almost daily nature of violent anti-Semitic attacks on Jews in America. And I think that that is something that we are so, it's, it's so out of our realm completely. Um, and we, we're seeing it the whole time in America. There's, you know, people who look visibly Jewish, particularly Hasidic-looking Jews in, in New York, are being attacked, as I said before, almost on a daily basis, and they're physically attacked. Someone will come up behind them, um, punch from behind. I saw an incident recently where a car tried to swerve into someone crossing the road. Um, and we really, in South Africa, for all the problems that we have in South Africa, we see almost none. In fact, over the last few years, nothing of those kind of brutal physical attacks on Jews. And I, I, I think that um, it's a testament to South African society and a testament to our community that we, do, that we don't see that. And it's reassuring to know that this is continuing in spite of whatever happens. Which brings us to Kanye West. When someone as popular and loved as he is, especially among the youth, what impact, we know what impact it has in America, what impact does it have here in South Africa? You know, Kanye West is particularly distressing because on one level he is an absolute musical genius. 
And I suppose um, despite history telling us so much to the contrary, um, we tend to think that people who are subject to irrational hatred and irrational uh, prejudice are somehow uneducated, stupid. Um, and so it always comes perhaps maybe only to me. There's a little bit of a shock and a little bit of a surprise when someone who seems to have everything, um, who has a r- remarkable, unbelievable talent, um, turns out to be rabidly, and I use that word absolutely intentionally, rabidly anti-Semitic. And I don't know why it surprises me, because we know, I mean, there are many people in the past who have been particularly brilliant composers, for example, who were also anti-Semitic, um, but it is still a bit of a shock. And it's the, the, the problem, of course, is the influential nature. Um, you know, his views, if, if, if some dude on the corner shares them, it's not to say they're not dangerous, but at the same time, they're, they're not they're not spreading. Whereas someone with the kind of platform that Kanye West has, that demands the kind of respect Kanye West or Yee West um, has by virtue of the musical genius that he possesses, is really influential. And I think that the concern for me is two-sided. The concern is where does he come to this kind of conspiracy theory, and then with him expressing and spreading it, we are facing a much bigger problem than just kind of these vague outlying Michiganers who happen to aspire to it or to to believe in them. Um, Prof, what I found reassuring is kind of a global backlash that Kanye got or he got, but also in South Africa. Um, I was reading mainstream newspapers' reactions to it, and every single newspaper, whether it was left or centrist or whatever, all spoke to the fact that he had crossed a line. Um, they pointed not only to that, but also obviously his white lives matter. But none of them shied away from the from calling out anti-Semitism, which shows you that there is still here in South Africa a sensitivity to that and the fact that racism in South Africa will not be tolerated, irrespective of who it's by. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, you know, there was something quite bizarre about the expressions that um, Kanye West used in that death con three and was quite a bizarre um, way of, you know, manipulating it. But I do agree with you, and I think that's – so I think if we think about anti-Semitism globally, we're concerned about the rise, and, and we've spoken about that as well, but we are definitely also seeing um, that people, if not having learned the lessons of history, are certainly far more aware. And I think that's global. So there has, you are quite right. There has, he, he was um, absolutely roundly condemned. Um, he lost a whole lot of his uh, business opportunities, uh, correctly so, in my view. He was taken off for a while at least, and then take off again off, off many of the social media platforms. So there's certainly this awareness of the dangers that he poses. I think in South Africa it's something more though. And again, I give credit to South African societies. We sometimes struggle and there, there are lots of areas that we do struggle in terms of anti-Semitism and getting people to understand what it is in South Africa. But when it is as clear cut as it is in this particular case, there are relatively few. There are other, there are people who, who, who did exactly what he had to say, but there are relatively few people who don't see how outrageous and vile his statements were. Yeah, it talks a lot to stereotypes. And, um, I was talking to somebody and she gave me a stereotype of, 
I'll just use this as an example, the Zulu people, right? And she was like, oh, the Zulus are da 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 And I was appalled, appalled by what she was saying because every single thing she said was a stereotype. But it also brought home the fact that people think of the other only in terms of stereotypes. And it's not just Jews um, whom are, who are stereotyped. We, we tend to do that. And to what extent is that, does that become racist? And to what extent does that become just how we think of the other? But stereotypes are fascinating because they're a cognitive shortcut. So what they do is they make things easier for us. To You know, when we meet someone, we don't have time to take, or we think we don't have time to take every aspect um, of their personalities, their appearance, et cetera, et cetera, into account um, before we judge whether we like them, what we think of them, whether they're trustworthy or not. So stereotypes are in, in some ways kind of inbuilt into the human brain because they make it easier for us to make judgments. That's the, the but just because they're inbuilt into the human brain, just to be very clear, doesn't mean that they're okay. So it's because they make it so easy to make snap judgments that they are problematic, and it's because of that that they very quickly verge into racism. And if I can, I'm kind of on my horse too, so let me please go in on that for a moment. So what stereotypes do about definition is they take away the individuality of a person and make you, whether you want to or not, and whether you fit it or not, they the individual make you part of the group. And whether or not they do that, in, and people often say they stereotypes about Jews that are positive, whether they do that in a positive way or a negative way, there's something slightly dehumanizing about a stereotype because it takes away your individuality and makes you part of a broader collective um, without your consent at some level and without really knowing you. So in that sense, and there's lots of work that's done about how to Stop people doing that. You know, does having more contact, for example, um, prevent people from stereotyping? Um, and we also have to wonder why we stereotype in particular ways. What is it that we pay attention to? Um, for example, why do we stereotype Zulus as, as that group and Jews as that group rather than people with brown hair and people with blue eyes? So all of those things need to be queried. Stereotypes are, are problematic. Okay, I will endorse that, yes. <laughs> um, Prof Milner, you have just also recently come back from the ANC conference that was held in December where you delivered a prayer on behalf of the Jewish community. What was the reception to you like? So it was remarkable. Um, I think that I, 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 the conference felt really contradictory for me at a whole lot of levels. Um, but I have to say that I was treated with wherever I went and back with whomever I was with the utmost, utmost respect and dignity that you can ever imagine. Um, really, whether it was an ordinary um, conference delegate right through up to um, meeting with some of the most senior levels of our government, um, it, it, it was the... I was treated superbly. The prayer, you know, there were amends from across the, the hall. Um, and it, it was really a wonderful opportunity to give the prayer on behalf of the Jewish community. Um, and I was treated exceptionally well. So perhaps you can talk a little bit about Jews in South Africa being treated well until there's a conflict in the Middle East and Israel and Zionism and Judaism become conflated. So 
The conflation of Jews and Zionism is to some extent an external thing, but it's something that also we are, are that is correct as well. Um, we do tend, well, not everybody, but the majority of Jews in South Africa um, do see Zionism as some kind of expression uh, of uh, Judaism. So I think that that conflation um, is problematic when it's used to really blame Jews for what's going on in Israel, and there, there's no call for that. There's no, there, we, we've not, we didn't vote for the Israeli government. It's not, it's not something that should ever happen. But having said that, most Jews in South Africa do see themselves as Zionists, and I think that the the the, the there is a of course a whole lot of. Um, there's a lot of sympathy for the Palestinians in South Africa, and I don't think that's problematic either. There's historical ties, for example, between most of the many of the liberation movements in South Africa, particularly the ANC, um, and in the old days the PLO. So the friendship and the sympathy for the Palestinians is understandable. I think our concern is when that spills over into not acknowledging or recognizing um the the role that Zionism plays in most Jews' lives, the importance that Zionism has in most Jews' lives, and that I personally don't think it's a contradiction to be uh, pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian. Um, and unfortunately, though, that's not always the attitude that we see. We are seeing an attitude these days where being pro-Palestinian really often means being viciously anti-Zionist, and that's where the problem comes in. And then anti-Zionism viciousness can turn very quickly and easily into anti-Semitism. Absolutely. Having said all that and cognizant of the time, how is our Jewish community looking to you one year on? So, with, I mean, I, I keep talking about, I'm hoping that one day in the near future, when we do this interview again, I will be able to say, wow, we've been through such an amazing good year um, and the tough years are over, but we're not quite there yet. Um, it's still been a rough time and our community is facing an uncertain future. I don't think we can, I don't think, I, I wouldn't want to look at it with too many rosy glass, too much of a rosy uh, view. The load shedding is, is, is really impacting people's lives immensely. Um, the, the potholes, the, the general kind of destruction of our infrastructure is having a material influence on our lives. Having said that, and I say this every year, and I say it with absolute belief, um, we've responded to challenges before and we'll respond and come to this challenge. We'll respond to this challenge as well. I know that Jewish organizations are meeting to discuss how to respond, to be there to support people wherever possible through these challenges. Um, I also know that if you look at people are coming back to shore. Um, our restaurants are back. Our kosher caterers are back. Um, our events are back. The, the Jewish calendar is full. So through all the challenges and through all the difficulties that we're experiencing, um, I still think that we must be, and I really do believe this, one of the most vibrant Jewish communities from around the world. And on that incredibly beautiful note, we will end this. Thank you very much. Thanks, Louise. That was Professor Karen Milner, the National Chair of the Jewish Board of Deputies and also the Associate Professor in Industrial Psychology at Bits University.